You're listening to The Omni Show, where we connect with the amazing communities surrounding The Omni Group's award-winning products. My name's Andrew J. Mason, and today we talk to Professor Inger Muborn and Jason Downs about how they use OmniFocus. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Omni Show. Today, we're honored to have Professor Inger Muborn and Jason Downs here to join us. And if you've never crossed paths with these two, you're in for a treat. And in fact, I'm going to actually let them both do their own intros because it's such a varied and wide range of expertise, and it's all awesome. So, uh, Professor Inger, why don't you take it away? Yeah, thanks. I'm Inga Muborn. I'm Director of Research and Development at the Australian National University, but I'm better known on the internet as Thesis Whisperer. I do research on research and I help people get their PhD. And my good friend, Jason Downs, is with us. We met, we think about 12 years ago. We should have put the date in our diary, Jace, at another (laughs) university where we both worked. We now have a podcast together called On The Reg about productivity, but we're both just productivity nerds. (laughs) That's our thing. (laughs) We are. Andrew, it's wonderful to be here with you. And it's always a pleasure to catch up with Inga. We catch up fairly frequently as part of our podcasting stuff, but we're always on the phone to each other as well. It's part of all of that. I'm the Deputy Director of Quality and Standards at La Trobe University here in Melbourne in Australia. And my main role is to handle the university's regulatory or part of the university's regulatory environment, mostly related to re-registration of the university when it comes with the Australian government. And also my other role is to handle our approach, the university-wide approach to academic integrity. So educating staff, students about what it means to be right across good academic practice and to ensure that our students are absolutely some of the best in the world. It's a pleasure to work within the higher education sector in Australia for all its foibles. It's a wonderful system that produces some absolutely stellar students and people. That's phenomenal. And I am so excited to have you both on this show. Uh, Both Professor Inger and Jason are on their own podcast called On The Reg. They talk about productivity regularly. And Professor Inger, let's start with you. I'd love to hear about how you first came across OmniFocus, the Omni Group. When did we first show up on your radar? Well, I stole it from Jason, actually. So um, I, well, Jason and I met, he came to one of my workshops where I was teaching people how to get a PhD within three years, hopefully. And we started talking ever after that. And he'd been telling me about OmniFocus for years, actually. And I'd been sort of struggling along with my getting things done paper system and my manila folders. And increasingly, I'd been finding that my inbox had become my to-do list, which is a descent into madness. Uh, (laughs) Once you let your inbox start to control your life, things just don't go anywhere good. And in 2015, I had quite a lot of projects on and one day I was I was just going nuts and I rang up Jason. I was almost, I think I was almost crying on the phone to him that I just wasn't coping anymore despite every best effort that I'd thrown at it. And he's like, oh, well, you know, Inger, have you downloaded OmniFocus yet? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know you keep telling me to do that. And he's like, yeah, maybe, you know, go and download Omni. I think it will help. Um, and he sent me a link to a Screencast Academy series of videos, which were great because they explained OmniFocus in the context of the getting things done theory. And I'd read the book and I sat down, I I did the mind sweep and I spent about five hours on Sunday setting up OmniFocus and I never looked back. So thank you, Jason. My sanity thanks you. Yeah, Jason, what about you? I came to OmniFocus via the Mac Power Users podcast, David Sparks. Him back in the day, 
David and Katie Floyd, who was his co-host at the time. I was listening in, trying to get better at uh, how to use my Mac to complete my PhD and to kind of just manage my life, really. And Katie was a Things user and David was an OmniFocus user. And I was a Things user at the time and I'd listen to them go backwards and forwards about the various affordances of both of those pieces of software. And then uh, one day I decided, oh, I should check out this OmniFocus thing. What is it and how does it work? Downloaded it, never looked back after that, just kind of instantly fell in love with the software and went deep on it, learned as much as I possibly could about it, and then pretty much evangelized it to everybody I come across that from that point forward. That's got to be a really satisfying thing, knowing that you brought exponential productivity into somebody's life and that you're responsible for massive improvement in Professor Inger's life. I'm sure you don't hold that over her head at all. No way. Like that. <laughs> Inger, I was there first. <laughs> and, and I have to say, you just are better at it, right? So you've set up all the automations you know, where it tells you you're going past the milk bar and you need to buy milk, things like that. Milk bar, that sounds fancy. Sorry, milk bar, that's an Australianism. Um, you know, convenience store. Slightly less fancy. So, yeah, so Jason, <laughs> I know it does, it sounds, it's, it sounds almost um, like party times. Um, but Jason, Jason was the one who, and he always, uh, he gets online, he tells me all these little tricks and hacks. And I must admit, I never actually implement them. I'm just a really basic user. But I do enjoy hearing Jason tell me all the cool stuff he's done, especially his geolocation. Oh, see, that's awesome. I'm nerdy enough to appreciate what you're doing, but am I nerdy enough to do that myself? Probably not. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like watching cooking shows, right? Like you watch a cooking show and you go, yeah, I'd love to cook duck a l'orange, but I'm never going to do it. But now I know. It's like that with me and Jason. <laughs> to be fair, though, Inga is much more thoughtful in the way in which she applies OmniFocus. I'm kind of, I use all the tools as much as I can to be as efficient in my OmniFocus practice as I can be. But Inga really thinks it through in terms of how she can leverage OmniFocus to best help her to achieve the things that she needs to get done. She's an incredibly talented but busy woman and spread across lots of projects. She's got a startup that she's kind of working through with her university. She's got lots of roles. She's a teacher. She's a colleague. She writes, researches. She teaches PhD students how to get PhDs. Like, it doesn't get much smarter than that. And Inga wrangles her OmniFocus. And it's, I learned so much from Inga just in the way in which she goes about organizing her OmniFocus to be able to just manage her life. One of my favorite things that I've learned from Inga is the use of the nudge tag. You know, when you need to, maybe Inga, you can talk about it, how you use it. But the way I use it is I need to go circle back to somebody about something that I've opened up a loop, but it's probably not worth me kind of really kind of managing and tracking this thing really closely, but I will need to come back to it. Inga, maybe you can talk about how you do that. Yeah, and nudge is like a friendly, I know this person's going to need it type of. So sometimes I just go through my nudge list and I'm just like, where are some of these people at with these things that they're due me? Like they're not due it for six weeks, but I just having worked with this person, and this is a university thing because people don't organise themselves usually terribly well. And so they won't have OmniFocus that'll be reminding them and they often don't use their diaries very effectively. So you become their outsourced calendar reminder I am that feature in a few people's lives. So a little bit of a nudge. I just go through my nudge list and I'm like, does anyone need one this week? You know, just just on a Friday, a bit of a nudge. So something there is on Monday morning and then they can move something along. And people are often really grateful for that, right? Like I've moved past being annoyed about the fact that I have to do it 
and I see it now as more a community service. You know, that's an excellent way to look at it. And full disclosure, I'm pretty mm. sure that Inger used the nudge tag on me to make sure that I we did. got the show notes Actually, out there in a timely manner. I had you on a nudge list, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jason actually reminded me because I'd, I've been sick this week. So he was sort of like, so hey. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my nudges. And I went back through my nudge list last night. I was like, oh, well, these, <laughs> these people won't get their nudges for Monday. Too bad. We got to be careful about that. We never know when you're going to end up on a nudge list. Uh, let's shift over into roles in life. Uh, Jason, you kind of alluded to all the different hats that Inger wears. Uh, Inger, do you mind breaking down how much of that works its way into whatever system that you use? And what are the various moving parts of that at the 40,000 foot level? With Omni, I, I have each role set up as a project. So I, I have, you know, research, thesis whisperer, postdoc, which is my startup. Um, that I have with colleagues at the university. I have being Mrs. Mewburn, because I'm not Dr. Mewburn at home, I'm Mrs. Mewburn. So I have these sort of big buckets of things. And one of the innovations that Jason taught me was to put an adverb in there. And instead of just research, I've got doing excellent research and I've got being a good friend. <laughs> I've got being an effective political advocate. So these are my kind of general buckets. And in that way, I reinforce what my priorities are. But I also, when I look at the tasks that sit underneath those projects, then I assess, you know, is this really moving me towards excellent research? Is this making me a good friend? Is this task really necessary? And both Jason and I are using the bullet journal as well to help us reflect and set priorities and do reviews that keep it values focused and keep the priorities in sight. Because it's very easy to just get caught up in the sort of everyday sludge and lose sight of those long-term goals. Yeah, I do the same thing. I've got a, effectively a project list inside OmniFocus about being a great husband or being a fantastic dad for the kind of the personal side of my life. But also in the work side, I use OmniFocus extensively to manage all of the various different projects that I've got on the go. My work, it spans across the university and it intersects with a lot of different parts of the university. And so I have to manage them not only separately at times, but also have to manage the way in which they sometimes overlap and integrate as well. So having all of that located together in OmniFocus really allows me to be able to see that from a very high level and to be able to think through where are the efficiencies here? What can I do that? What's the one thing that I can do here that will probably knock off four or five tasks elsewhere on my list at the same time and prioritize that way? Both Inga and I, we have lots of roles within the formal roles that we hold at work. A lot of informal work that goes on as well as part of all of that, managing committees and doing all that sort of stuff in the background. OmniFocus allows us to capture it and keep track of it all. And I do say the tagging system is a really good way. So you can, of course, see things via projects or see them via tags. And I do say to people in my life, it shows how much I love you if there's a tag with your name on it, right? <laughs> because it means like I'm tracking something to do with you or I care about you. And that cuts across Jason's saying sometimes people are involved in multiple aspects of your life. And so when you're sitting with that person, first thing I do when I have a meeting, say with my boss, is I have her tag up and she doesn't know what I do. She always goes, oh, you're doing something in that magic program that you use. I'm like, yeah, OmniFocus. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that one. I'm like, you know, you could download. She's like, yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> what does it say about blah? You know, so both of us count on it to be an external shared <laughs> brain for us. So I also have some tags to people that I find problematic. 
So it's either I love you or you're difficult. <laughs> this is a first for me. I have never heard of the problematic tag. Uh, I have to be 100% honest. I've heard of people tagging things with agendas or things to remind, or like you mentioned, the nudge tag. I've never heard of somebody creating a tag saying, if this person has this tag, that means that there's something problematic here. I, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, there's an issue. Like there, there are, there's a few people. I'm not going to say how many. Um and it's all part of, I mean, Jason's an expert in this, but stakeholder engagement, right? Like <laughs> when you're doing big projects like both Jason and I do across multiple stakeholders with change, people get narky. Oh, so that's an Australianism. They get upset and they're touchy. And so I do have a little touchy tag as well, like with, with the person, just in case I've forgotten, but usually I remember who those people are. So um, whenever I'm in a meeting where those people are present, I pull it up and sometimes I've got records there of some things or concerns that they've raised in the past. And so I can make sure that I'm addressing those concerns and speaking to those concerns and bringing those concerns forward in what looks like an artfully natural way that I probably wouldn't bring up that thing in the meeting if that person wasn't present, but I make sure that I do. So they feel heard and listened to. And that's, you know, just pours a bit of oil on troubled waters. So universities are full of passionate people with soundly held opinions and they know they're right. And so navigating that personality landscape is, it takes some skills. It's been 25 years for me in counting and I'm still, uh, you know, still learning every day. And it, it looks like magic from the outside, right? Because they can't see that you're doing that. Yeah. And so the notes field in OmniFocus in each task is just brilliant, right? Because that's where you can put your notes about that particular task or that particular person that you need to manage really carefully and sensitively. And it just looks like you're just across it in a totally brilliant way. <laughs> and I've like often been upset that Omni's not shared in the cloud so my team can't access it. But I've come to embrace the fact that it's private to me and it's my view on the world and it's got all my secrets in it. And I use Microsoft Teams a lot and the to-do lists on Teams to manage tasks with other people, but often have a shadow and Omni task that goes with it that has got my political notes I'm probably giving too much away now. We've never even talked in this much detail, Jason, about Omni. We haven't had a show about Omni. We should do it. So that's a really important slice, language, the power of language to, to move your brain in the right direction as you're structuring the outcome of these projects, how they look. That's a really important thing. I do agree with that. Just not, not just a thesis, but an excellent thesis. I think that makes a huge difference. What about review? How does your review structure look? Is it a more traditional? Is it completely organic? Uh, how does that process kind of play out for both of you? I think both Inga and I have our approach and our use of OmniFocus has developed over the years. And where we, I think, both sit now is that we use OmniFocus in conjunction with the bullet journal. So the bullet journal is a really useful analog addition to a very slick digital environment. The way I utilize the bullet journal is it adds a, a layer of friction that makes me slow down and really carefully consider what's going on in my life. So OmniFocus is excellent for all of the input and all of the capture and being able to move things around and set dates and tags and, and have location aware perspectives and all that sort of stuff. It's like, it's just brilliant for all of that. But coming to the end of the week or more when you have to set up your bullet journal for the next upcoming month and you sit down and you work through your OmniFocus list and you go, okay, what am I going to tackle this particular month? What's 
what am I going to prioritise and which ones am I going to let slide for another month? David talks about having to negotiate with others, but also with yourself about what arrangements you're going to have with yourself about getting things done. And the bullet journal really, for me, it slows me down, makes me become very, very thoughtful about what's on my plate and then choose very, very carefully what I'm going to engage with over the next month or so yeah. into the future. The other thing that the bullet journal does is it's good for capturing just the ephemeral what's passing by, as Jason says, creating a friction filter before it gets to OmniFocus. I actually use the forecast view and OmniFocus almost exclusively. That's where I sit most of the time is seeing what's coming up today, tomorrow, next week, whatever. And I use the number count at the top of that to judge whether I'm overdoing it. As Jason said, very active person, creative, want to get into things. And I have suffered episodes of burnout and mental health issues from just overdoing it. What Omni does is it gives me a almost like what speed am I going in my life? At one point, the Omni, <laughs> I had 179 separate tasks that I was tracking through the forecast view at one point. I mean, that's foreshadows a question I'm sure you're going to ask us is what mistakes have you made? When I first took up Omni in 2015, it was such a power boost and I went nuts on it. And because suddenly it allowed me to have this kind of superhuman, like, and everyone started responding to me completely differently because I was the person who said, on the 18th of April, I sent you an email that asked for blah, blah, blah. And now it is, you know, the 23rd of June and I haven't seen X, Y, and Z, right? So I was enjoying, it was almost a power trip, I have to admit. And so I overdid it and took on too much. And then in 2017, had another crash. And now I use that headline stat to say, how many things can I actively manage in my life? I was very happy when I got it down to 100. I was even happier when I got it down to 50. I'm ecstatic now that it's down to just on 30. And I think 30's about where I should be in terms of tracking multiple things that are going on. And the bullet journal has really been that last bit of the process. It's enabled me to sometimes just let things go and not let things progress and sometimes let some people, instead of doing the nudge tag and the difficult person tag and doing all that management for other people, some people I've strategically decided just to cut loose. And so <laughs> the bullet journal enables me to make that decision knowingly. And I've still got a record of what happened, but I'm not tracking them anymore. They're on their own. So that process of review is really important. I think the reflective quality of the bullet journal where you have to be honest with yourself. You can have collections about your habits. You can have collections that reflect on what you're reading, things like that. It's sort of those two things act very well together, in my view. There is so much here. This idea of purposeful friction, what a concept, because we're always interested in that next trick or that next tool that allows us to move things faster. And the fact that you're saying, I know that tendency about myself, and therefore I'm going to purposefully introduce friction in order to slow me down and cause me to be more mindful, more thoughtful about what I choose to do, how I approach my life. I love that. And I really love what you say, Professor Inger, about the number, getting my number down to 30. I feel like this is a OmniFocus or productivity support group. Hi, my name's Andrew. My number's down to 30. We all go through that hazing process. What do you say to the person that's not been using any software? Very often they're in a place of transition, you know, a, a new job, new role in life, a parent, husband or wife, father, mother, you know, just something where things shift a little bit and all of a sudden you have more responsibility and they're thinking, how do I take this on? And they're looking at some sort of software, some sort of productivity trick hack. <laughs> What's your go-to best advice there? 
OmniFocus is, is such a powerful piece of software. And for people who do have lots of things going on in their lives in lots of different areas and who are committed to managing those effectively, I think OmniFocus is brilliant for all of that. It allows you to be able to split stuff out and to get that kind of whole constellation view of everything that you've got going on in your life. That's really good for people who are committed to pulling together a practice, a productivity practice that's going to be effective. But for people who are starting out on this particular journey, I recommend keeping it as simple as you possibly can. You can do it within OmniFocus and OmniFocus will expand its capability along with you. But pick one thing and focus on that one thing and practice that one thing within OmniFocus until you've got that kind of really, really humming. Because what you need to see is the success, how the software can help you to become successful at that one specific thing that you've decided to focus on. So for example, let's say you've got, I'm, I'm a huge fan. If I have to repeat something, I'll set up an automation if I possibly can, or a system. And OmniFocus is really good for that. So back in my teaching days, when I had to run classes across, I had nine different classes I would run across the, across the world, you know, Singapore, Hong Kong, Vietnam, here in Melbourne, where they were repeatable processes. I would just focus on my teaching and how can OmniFocus help me with my teaching? And then you go through a couple of semesters where OmniFocus really lightens the cognitive load. You don't have to remember what to do every semester, right? Because you just repeat the same structures that you had last time. Maybe the content would change a little bit, but the I need to put a welcome announcement on our learning management system to welcome all the students into class. Once you automate that and it re reduces the cognitive load, you can see the success that you get out of that. And you can just repeat, 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 repeat. Then it just becomes a case of expanding that. Okay, so now I've got one project that's working. It's just humming along. What else can I add into that? And then focus on that next one and just build it slowly. And it won't take that long before the learning that you generated in your first project filters through into all of the subsequent projects that come along afterwards. And you become super efficient in being able to manage your life through OmniFocus. I must say, um, just to add to that, when Jason went on long service leave, he's the most super efficient teacher you have ever met in your life. <laughs> the university had to replace him with three professors that were paid twice as much as he, each one of them paid twice as much as him and they couldn't cope. And that's because none of them had on me focus, right? None of them had the smarts that Jason did to think through the problem and go, how do I actually stop this from becoming I can just imagine the hell that those three professors were in. And I think they welcomed him back with their open arms and no doubt they're sad he's left because there's no one I know like Jason who can do three continents, 600 students, 30 tutors. You can just imagine the number of plates that he had on the end of sticks. I always imagine OmniFocus is managing my plates on sticks. They're spinning like in those carnivals and you've got to agitate the stick and agitate the stick and keep the plates spinning and no one could do that when Jason wasn't there. So that's one thing I do. I mean, the thing that I do with people and Jason's right, I've often made the mistake and I still do it today. I have this workshop, which is about how to finish that huge writing project and get on with your life. And I'm often commissioned by other universities to do it. And I ran it at my own. And it's got an overview of basically every kind of productivity technique that you can imagine. And it's overwhelming for people. And people by the end of it, in fact, people come up to me afterwards and kind of like I'm a little bit of a crazy lady. Like, do you really do all that? I'm like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, that doesn't seem very healthy to me. And I'm like, sometimes it isn't. But the one thing... <laughs> 
one thing that I try and teach them is just lists. If you can't, if OmniFocus is just too much at the moment, you need to understand what a list can do for you and that there's different types of lists. So in this case, although I'm not a huge fan of every bit of Cal Newport's work, as Jason well knows, I give it a bit of a feminist um, (laughs) critical reading of Cal Newport, but um, one one of the techniques that I did pick up from him, I think it's in his How to Be an A-Grade Student, was the idea of a master list and then a punch list for each day. And so Omni can just act as your master list if that's all you want. And then you can punch list things out in a bullet journal day by day. And so just getting people to, as Jason says, start with one thing. And if that one thing is understanding how a to-do list can work for you, and there's many different varieties of them, and that you can make them your own, that you're not a slave of the to-do list, that the to-do list actually supports you. I think a lot of the people that come to me and say, you're really successful professor, you've made it work over many years, blah, 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 tell me your secrets. And then I do. And then they say, yeah, nah, I don't want to do that. And then you're like, well, I can't really help you, but at least please go and make a list. I'm begging you. And the other thing that Jason and I talk about often is how we sit in meetings with people and they don't have a pen in their hand or a keyboard's hand and they don't write anything down. And we're like, how do you relying on this bit of meat at the top of your head <laughs> to do all that for you. Yeah, we're just like, I would feel so much better about this meeting if you would just take this pencil and this pen and just at, at least hold it, please. Yeah, yeah please, please yeah. take my pen. It, uh, yeah, it makes my skin crawl. Like you're in a really, really important meeting where some big decisions are being made and people are just kind of leaning back in their chairs and you're like, oh, dang, you should probably be keeping track of some of this stuff, you know? (laughs) Talk to me about, is there anything in both of your, either of your systems that you would consider to be unique to you? You pointed at me, Jason. I don't know what you want me to say. Oh, I just... you make all the you make all the unique things, and then I just follow along. Uh, he, I do what you tell me to do. <laughs> <laughs> One of the ways I think I don't know whether other people do this, but when I set up projects in OmniFocus and I have sub tasks, so you have that kind of top layer, you know, the project container, and then underneath that you'll have all the tasks. I use the notes functionality in that top layer to put all of the links to all of the digital assets that I need to run that particular project. So links to files in OneDrive or out to Dropbox or something like that, so that they're all in one spot. So if I'm in OmniFocus and I need to get to one of those digital assets, it's really easy to be able to do it. Just go to that top layer, go to that notes, there's the link, click that and away we go. We've got everything on hand right there. You have never told me that tip before. Really? No. Oh, dang, Inga, you must get on it, right? Totally, totally (laughs) holding out on me, dude. Like, like, that's actually quite genius. It's, it's It's a brilliant way to be able to kind of keep everything located in one spot. And then... yeah. Yeah, because as tasks, as you tick off tasks, you can't put those project asset links into the task because as you tick it off, it disappears, right? But if you hold it... You know what I've been doing? I've been just cutting and pasting my notes. Yep. Okay, I'm not even going to tell you what I've been doing. (laughs) Uh, The other thing, this is how I engage with OmniFocus. There are important things that you need to do and then there are important things that you need to do that you don't need to think about. And the things that are important that you don't want to think about or you don't need to think about but still need to get done, OmniFocus is brilliant for that. 
So for example, an example that some people might be able to relate to would be if you're on some sort of form of medication and you need to get that medication filled on a regular basis, right? Then you put in a task in OmniFocus to go to the chemist and get your script filled out on the third Thursday of every month or whatever it is. That's the last time you ever have to think about that, right? Like it just turns up on the last Thursday or the third Thursday of the month or whatever, and you just go and do the thing, right? But you never, ever have to worry ever again about whether or not I've been taking my medication, whether I've got enough medication, whether like all of that sort of stuff is just dealt with and completely outsourced out of your head to OmniFocus. And it's just really important stuff, but you just don't have to think about it. And to be able to offload that cognitive load into OmniFocus to be able to manage that part of your life is just absolutely brilliant. And making sure that you think about the way in which you utilize OmniFocus to be able to support your life in ways that doesn't add cognitive load to an already very, very busy life is a great tip, I think, in terms of being able to manage not only your life, but the way in which the software can support that. So excellent. You know, you think about automation as like omni-automation requiring all this coding skill. I've never really thought about the fact that repeating tasks are a form of automation. That's mm, something that mm. you can do to leverage your cognitive ability in time. That's awesome. And, you and know, we're all grown-ups, right? And we're, we're all parents and we're responsible for more than one person's things in your life, right? So like, especially with kids, I actually... Um, I bought my son OmniFocus as a uni starting present. <laughs> That's the, I'm that parent. You're the best. <laughs> I'm like, I'm giving you the gift of productivity. <laughs> he's not quite there yet. Like he's, but he's start, and he's all like, I don't get it. And I've got this theory with teaching. Well, and it's not a theory. I mean, every teacher knows this, that unless the person has experienced the pain or the problem, they're not as receptive to the lesson, right? So he's only starting to now experience the pain of having multiple things going on, work and friends and and the uni and stuff. But he is a big Notion power. That's the other thing I bought him was the Notion database. And I think those two things can work incredibly well together as well because Notion is your own personal wiki. And I, he's used that extensively for all these class notes. And I look at him jealous, like I wish I'd had that early in my life. But I'm starting to teach him how you can take the link from the notion thing into the task for the assignment and that you can break the assignment down into stages. And he's getting there. But I also think often when I'm coaching him on things like that and also on writing, there's so much privilege packed into the fact that he's got a parent who knows this stuff and how much, Jason, we've reflected on this, haven't we, that we just weren't taught it. Mm in life and that like, someone should teach you this at school. Like how do you manage and organize yourself and what tools are available to help you do it? It's just such an incredible boost. It's a whole grade point average, you know, it's taking up a whole grade at uni just because you, you know, when something's due. <laughs> I never knew that. I just reacted. I just stay up all night the night before, you know. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah, amazing. Hey, what's that phrase about the student emerging when the teacher's ready? And it circles all the way back to the beginning of this when Jason was talking about, you know, uh, sharing the gift of the idea of OmniFocus with you. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. And then when you finally get it, you're like, is this what you've been talking about? Why haven't you told me about this? And you're like, I've been telling you this entire time. Uh, this has been a blast. Thank you both so much for joining us.
I would love for you uh, just to share how people can connect with you and keep in touch with you. I'm sure they've had a great time listening as well. And if they want more, how can they do that? I think there's a couple of ways that you can get in contact with us. Both Inga and I are very active on Twitter. Uh, You can find me there at Jason Downs. But also if you want to listen to us talk about some of this stuff, and we do go deep in our podcast called On The Reg, you can find us there. We tackle productivity as part of living a values-based, balanced life and making sure that we capture all of that and we share those those techniques in that podcast quite extensively. Inga's um, much more prolific across the internet than what I am, so I'll let her talk about that. Yeah, I should, I should say, if you're encountering on the reg for the first time, just know that for the first half an hour or so, we just crap on, that's an Australianism, sorry, about whatever's <laughs> happening in our life. So if you're a long-term listener, often I've looked at our stats and there's a lot of people that actually just stay and tune in for the first half an hour, which mystifies me because we just catch up on whether Jason's been out in his boat fishing or, you know, what kind of stakeholder engagement problems I've had. So that first half an hour is chat. So if you want to get to the productivity stuff, skip to the skip past the first <laughs> half hour. But, you know, we try to have relationship with our listeners and um, that seems to have evolved over time. Um, uh, you can find me at Thesis Whisperer on all the things. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I have large follower base on both. And of course, my blog, The Thesis Whisperer, has been there for 12 years and I publish once a month. And I write about all things that are related to being an academic, being a PhD student and a lot of stuff about writing. So if you go there this month, you'll see that there's a post on, a very long post on writing and there'll be a new one soon. For the first time in 12 years, I miss my self-imposed publishing deadline of the first Wednesday of the month because I've been sick this week. But then I think the post that's up there at the moment has been getting a lot of, you'll see, it's a little bit rude. I get more clicks when I've got titles like that. And so, yeah, and where really you can find us um, and talk to us on Twitter. You watch us talk to each other during the day um, about stuff as well. Thank you both so much for showing up on the show. We are honoured to have you. It's been a blast. Great. Thank you so much, Andrew. We've really enjoyed it. Thanks for asking us. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. It's been a pleasure. Hey, and thank all of you for listening today, too. As always, you can drop us a line at The Omni Show on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you there. You can also find out everything that's happening with The Omni Group at omnigroup.com slash blog. 